guys. Good evening. Welcome to our second to last Bethel Radio Hour of the season. Next so, week we'll have food. Oh, and next week we'll have food. Newsflash. Uh, should have almost predicted that. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming and staying faithful to this. Uh, Amen. We are continuing on in the life of Jesus. I have loved this um, for so many reasons, but um, tonight we're continuing in Mark chapter 2. If you have your Bible, we'll be in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Um, on my way here, I was thinking what I would like most for all of us, for myself in particular, but for all of you as well, is that these are stories that most of us have heard at some point in time. Um, and I hope that you see something new in it or that you hear something new in it or that God speaks something new to you in each of these. Um, and yet again, with this one, this happened to me again this week, and so I hope this speaks to you as well. This is on Jesus forgives and heals a paralytic. So Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who alone can forgive sins? Uh, who can forgive sins but God alone? Which is true. <laughs> they were right. But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your, sons are for, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately, and I always like the way, it's always immediate, immediately. It's not like a process, immediately. No rehab. Yeah, immediately. No rehab. He arose, took up the bed, and went out of the presence of all of them, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. So we talked a little bit in the last few weeks that um, Jesus' Capernaum kind of becomes a central hub of his activity during um, a lot of his ministry during this time. Uh, and he, it says, and again, he entered Capernaum, so that applies since our last discussion last week that he left and came back. Last week, we discussed that Jesus had healed the leper, right. and he had told the leper, uh, don't tell anyone. Just right. go to the temple, uh, have your ceremonial cleansing. He had told the leper something very specific. Uh, the leper was all kinds of excited, and he didn't do that. He uh, just told everybody that would listen, and I would be hard to blame a guy. Uh, Jesus healed me. Jesus healed me. And so now Jesus is a big deal. He was a big deal before. He's a bigger deal now. Right. He can't hardly even get into, into a, city, into a city. Yeah, he can't. Um, he became, uh, we talked about trading places with the leper. He became an out. Right. He couldn't enter a city. He became stranded in the wilderness. And the leper who was formerly in the wilderness got to enter the city. He had king status without having the king responsibility, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so here we have, let's set the scene as we like to. Um, so he's in Capernaum. He is, uh, it's found out that he's in his home and people are everywhere. Um, they are packed. And, and he was wanting to preach. I think a lot of people came, uh, maybe they're just curious. Um, I don't know how many were faith 
faithful followers? How many thought this is the son of God? Or how many people just thought, I want to see something? Right. How many people thought, I, I want to be healed. I have this condition, and so they're flocking to him. But here comes this paralytic. And what kind of crowd have you got that nobody clears the way? Like, oh, we've got a paralyzed man. Let him person. in, folks. Let him in. We've heal got me. a handicap. Let him. Heal me. Yeah, yeah. Kind of maybe a selfish crowd. Like, let's not uh, make any room for this paralytic. Look, buddy, we all got problems. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see it, though? I mean, it reminds me of, like, Walmart the day after, you know, Black Friday. <laughs> I just, you know, I got. <laughs> I got to get my Two people fighting over it. 54-inch screen yeah. TV. Amen. <laughs> And so uh, they're showing faith. They believe Jesus can heal. So somehow they get up on the roof. Uh, I listen to John MacArthur as usual, my, like my go-to now. Uh, I encourage all of you to make him your go-to as well. Holy cow. Um, he, he's got a word. Um, but he said that in that day, the roofs were just like a flat right. roof. And they had you an outside. one from another. Right. And it, they had an outside, like a ladder or stairs of some form. So they literally had to dig through the it, roof. Because it was thatch, mm -hmm. you know, and it, which is rainproof, and it gets hard in the sun, but you, you could bust through it and such. So uh, it's just an interesting thing I never thought of before, because uh, you, you think about distraction. I don't know how many. I uh, have done a few public speaking engagements, and this last one I did was at work. I was teaching younger nurses, and um, talk about distraction. Boy, you want to try to keep your train of thought, and you really want to try to get your point across. And I had a guy that kept looking at his phone, looking at his phone, look, and I couldn't take it anymore. And finally I go, dude, you're going to have to put your phone in your pocket. Oh, my gosh. And I <laughs> called him out in front of everybody. And I, do I have permission to do that on Sunday? You can, <laughs> if it's my kids, if you, for sure if it's my kids. But it just talk about a distraction. So Jesus is trying to talk right. to this crowd, and I, and I'm sure babies Stuff's are still falling crying. from the roof. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting hit by dirt and whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, everybody's got to notice it. Like, talk about the elephant in the room. Like, now, can you believe somebody's digging through the roof now? I mean, how long did it take him to get through the roof? Well, I got it. Yeah, I got some deacons here. These men had to be deacon material. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to dig through disturbers. this roof if we have to. Yeah, disturbers. Yeah, well, that's it, right. And it made me in think. In a good way. Not self-aware. No, right, right, yeah. right. All in a good way, like you're saying, is though it's exciting, though, too, to know that you have a message that somebody is digging through the roof to get to you. Right. You know, like you said, can we say to people, play it on their phone, hey, quit doing that. Right. I've, I've preached before only once, but I had two people get up and walk out. Mm. That put sweat, anxiety. Oh, yeah. I've had, had, God bless them, you know, 90-year-old sleeping. But, you know, you got to sure. give it to them. I've seen people play it on their phone and doing everything but listening. But here Jesus has people <clears throat> digging through the roof to get to him. Right. So I would have to think that had to have warmed his heart. Of course, we already know, though, from the rest of the story, that he has the ability. He, he knows what's going on. Right. So it's possible that he wasn't distracted. But yet you know everybody else was. Mm -hmm. right. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, so even if the speaker's not distracted, if everybody else is, that becomes a distraction also. Because you've heard me say, all right, folks, they can take care of themselves. Yeah. You know, just they keep, know how to walk the baby that, out. That, that's okay. right. Mm -hmm. stay, stay with me. You know? right. Now, whether he had to do that, who knows? And it could be that because everybody was so enthralled with what Jesus was saying, it could be that it was more of an aggravation than a... A distraction. It's hard to say. And it may be at the, been at this point too that the disciples, said, you know, saw it happen and they said, "Well, just just wait. Jesus will take care of it. That's just right. wait." 
and then the I can imagine them saying this every day in Jesus' life. We never saw anything like this. Yeah. I can imagine that happened every day with Jesus. So, well, and the organized guy in the group was probably telling Jesus, "Just wait. Let, let's let this get done, and then you can continue talking." I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, of all the things he says, when it, you know they get the paralytic down, it's obviously he's paralyzed. Um, and the first thing he says is not get up and walk. The first thing he says to him is, son, your sins are forgiven. He doesn't say get up and walk. He right. forgives. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I would say it's the first initiation of accepting Christ. You know, uh, in essence, they were, I would say, asking for forgiveness. They believed, you know, so I would think that has to be, even if it's unsaid, they are going to someone that they know they have faith in. So in, in our time, it would be, asking him to forgive us of our sins if that is that on well sure i mean okay so you think about it uh when someone comes to us as a believer and and you know we we try to meet felt needs so if someone comes to you and and their their gas is on uh, tank is on empty and they're trying to get to their mother at the hospital first thing you're going to do is fill their tank right but what you're hoping for is an opportunity to talk about well, why was your tank empty in the first place. In other words, th th that's a symptom of a greater problem, potentially financial problems. That's a symptom of a greater problem. And it gets sooner or later down to sin. You know, uh, you, you're, you're not managing your money right. Why are you not managing your money right? Because you've got some areas over here that are out of bounds. Why are they out of bounds? Because you're, you can't control your appetite. Whether it's an appetite for uh, finances through gambling or an appetite through luxury through sports or whatever, you know, food, fill in the blank. We should be like Christ in that sin is always the root issue. Right. And so I, I think that Jesus was, you know, doing what he does because he knows that even if this guy never walks again, if he gets his sins taken care of, He's going to walk forever yeah. in heaven Amen. type thing. I mean, that's my humble opinion. Well, and it's also the culture of the time. Just sure. like when a child would be born with a palsy or something like that. What did their parents the do? The people would say, well, what did the parents do? What sin did they cause that child? Right. So he was speaking in a language that they understood. The first thing he said is, your sins are forgiven. That's going to blow people's minds. Well, and Jesus reads the condition of their hearts. Right. right. So He knows what they need. Right. This is, in, uh, this is the passage scripture I used when I was working on the other book, uh, talking about pain and the mm -hmm. apologetic for pain to to bring out the fact that Jesus is saying that healing and forgiveness are alike healing mm. and forgiveness are alike in that forgiveness wipes away the effects of evil so does healing healing wipes away the effects of evil the effect the effects of evil of course being uh, you know the the ailments we have the physical ailments we have are ultimately the result of sin uh, and what forgiveness wipes away those effects. We essentially write off the cost of, of sin, and healing wipes away the effects of sin as well. So healing and forgiveness are essentially same in that respect. I think Jesus has taken that opportunity to point that out. Okay, so this is something that comes front and center at every funeral, and it's something that is very offensive to someone that doesn't have the same worldviews we have. The only reason that you and I will be in a casket someday. And the only reason that that person is there for the person that you're at their funeral is because of sin. Amen. Well, when you say that, 
the person that doesn't have our worldview, they automatically believe and, and get, they get mad because they think you're blaming yeah. that person for some heinous yeah. sin that God struck them dead for. Couldn't be anything further from the truth. We are blaming mankind going all the way back to Adam and Eve. Our fallen condition. That's, that's right. You know, my dad used to always preach, you're a sinner by nature, you're a sinner by choice, you're a sinner by birth. You know, you, all three, you know. Right. And, and any one of those is enough to make you worthy for hell. And so, uh, but the reality is, is that we all have a sin debt, we have a sin problem, and Jesus starts there. Amen. And so, who else is here in this crowd um, but the scribes and the Pharisees, it says. Um, so, some are sitting uh, in their reasoning in their hearts, and I guess the fact that they're there, too, is Jesus is on their radar. Jesus oh, no is doubt. causing a stir. He's doing some serious things. It's not a secret, yeah. and they want to check it out. And we know from Joseph of Arimathea and, and others, Nicodemus, some of them are, are legitimately there because they want to they check this. They're looking for the Messiah. Right. Yeah, they're looking for the Messiah, right. And he's got all sorts of Messiah things going on, mm -hmm. you know. So, but, but with that said, that's probably 25%. We don't know. Right. And the rest of them absolutely and are And then there some of them kind of want his head or, or will. Oh, no doubt. And yeah. they're looking for him to slip right. up. Right. And they're the religious brokers of the day, and Jesus yeah. is cutting in on their business. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing, we might get into this, but I'm sure before we talk about the reason why he did that, this was the first instance that I found, and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's almost like the first great commission. Here is, it wasn't, the man didn't lower himself down. He had four friends that believed also, that brought him. Right. So they weren't trying to heal themselves. Right. They believed in Jesus, and they believed they, he could heal their friend. So that would at least be four people with faith. But when Jesus forgave him of his sins, that would be five people right. at once trying to get to Jesus. And I couldn't find another spot in the Bible in the beginning absolutely. there. Absolutely. No, I mean, they're absolutely, they're soul winners. Right. They're bringing their friend to Christ. And I, I don't know if that's coming up later. But uh, so along those lines, I just wrote this. Don't give up on your friends who need Jesus. Get personally involved. Get creative. Get sacrificial and mm. take risks, yeah. and mm -hmm. and uh, embrace awkward. <laughs> no you doubt. First yeah. one to stick your hole through the. Yeah. Through, yeah. Well, <laughs> now me, I'd be going. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse I'll us. Pay for this. Excuse I us. Right. We're really trying to get my friend to Jesus here. So, has or, anybody in here heard the song by Greater Vision on this parable? Anybody? All right. The song is entitled uh, "My Name Is Lazarus." And it's oh, basically that, yeah. a, a telling, the song tells this story. And so each one of the guys, the first three friends, basically says, we don't believe, you know, this is probably beyond Jesus. You know, uh, I, my hand was withered and he restored it, but this guy can't walk. The next guy, my eyes were blind, but, but this guy can't walk. And the next guy, had Jesus had done something. They all three wanted to take him. They, they, they hadn't seen Jesus do this, this might yet. might be too big for Jesus. That's right. And the fourth guy says, well, let me tell you, my name's Lazarus. <laughs> <laughs> He's got this. He, he got it, man. Let's go. <laughs> it's a good song. No, that's really good. And I hadn't thought about this um, during this reading, but the four friends that brought him were going to know their, the crowd wasn't going to keep him out. Nothing was going to yeah. keep them from getting their friend to Jesus. Undaunted. What kind of friend are we being? I have a lot of friends that don't know the Lord. Good people, and I say it all the time, and good people are still going to hell. That's right. I, and and I, I confess to you, too often, 
after that first try, if it's thanks but no thanks, I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I tried. <laughs> you know, I'm, surely I'm off the hook. Eh, not so much. You well, know? just in anything, at risk of getting in trouble, at right. risk of getting hurt. These men were on a roof, right. digging through somebody's roof. Right. You know, it's like they just didn't care. If it were today, somebody would tweet, hey, so-and-so that works at so-and-so factory is going through a roof. He'd be fired the next day Right. type thing. They were you taking know? risks. Oh, my goodness. So on to the scribes, um, they're watching all of this transpire. And so in their hearts, it says they're sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Which I said was correct. They were right. Who could forgive sins but God? And then here's Jesus saying your sins are forgiven. And then the next line, uh, but immediately when Jesus perceived this in his spirit that they reasoned thus against him, he said, why do you reason these things in your hearts? Immediately they would have to know like, okay, he's God. They right. just read my mind. Right. Should have. Yes. Should have. And probably, though, closer to the truth, what their first thought was, dead gum, this guy can even read our minds. Yeah. So, so now they start trying to, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I'm not thinking, I'm not thinking about it, I'm not thinking about it, you know, because they're so committed to getting this guy. Yeah. But you're they, right. I mean, they're they, so that should have been their first set. thought. He God. Yeah, he you know? can't be the Messiah. He can't be the Messiah. He can't, you just read my mind. Well, well yeah, what do we yeah. do now? Probably is the Messiah, but I'm just, I can't go there because it's not the right time in my timeline of what's going on in my world, so. Yeah. Well, and that just makes me think of the woman caught in adultery, right. that it almost just tells you that he was writing their sins in right. the sand right in front of them when right. they started dropping the stones. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's John MacArthur, that his, it's his opinion that Jesus was writing their names that they were guilty of having an affair with that woman right? type thing. Because, I mean, they, they knew who she was. They knew where she'd be. They knew what to catch her. They knew too much. Right. They knew too much. That's right. So I wrote this about this whole thing. He was and is the first and only mind reader. <laughs> Jesus knows Amen. what you're thinking right now and all the time. There's a terrifying aspect of that. And I, I imagine the woman at the well when Jesus says, go and get your husband, and, and he says, you said right, you... Don't have, have no a husband. husband. You've had five husbands. And, and the man a, you're living with right now is not your husband. <laughs> it, okay, you okay, okay. Good can you imagine the, the, the terrifying effect of that when you realize that everything you've done is oh, laid bare? Laid bare. And you're, you naked before God. Oh, that brings it real no world excuse. right now. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I can't tell you how many times in a day I say, Jesus, please forgive me. Please forgive me, because them thoughts pop in your head, mm -hmm. and you know he's just—he's looking at your your mind and right that's now. That's coming to be a comfort to me now. Amen. It's true. It's he no knows doubt. what's going on yeah. in my heart already. I don't need to hesitate to come to him. And I, I'm doing the same thing you're doing, but my words are, "Help me not to think like that." That's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. I, I say mean, a lot of things, you yeah. know, but it's like, just please, please help I'm me. But so yeah, it's, it's the this. same thing. God help me. Yeah. Uh. So we've said before last week, and uh, I can't drive this point home enough. Jesus turned water into wine. It showed his power over nature. He cast demons out, his power over Satan. He's healed people. That's his power over just any disease. And so here he's showing his power over sin. Eventually, Jesus does give the power through the Holy Spirit to his disciples that some could um, heal and cast out demons. Silver and gold but have I none. did not give anyone the power to forgive sins. No. That was his and his alone. His alone. We are to bring people to Jesus for that purpose, but we do not. That, because if we did, 
then we'd be back to the whole priesthood thing. And, of course, in the New Testament, it does say that we are a royal priesthood, but that's not to forgive sins. It's to bring for us to bring people to the person that does forgive Just sins. Just one more um, foundational truth that supports the, the, my theory that Jesus, by design, is a part of every human relationship. So when I sin against Ben, I'm sinning against him because Jesus is part of that relationship. Um, love thy neighbor as thyself. Love the, love, uh, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Loving your neighbor is just like loving yeah. God. That's just evidence that Jesus is part of every relationship. The triangle. Well, and that's it. Like he said, <clears throat> when did you visit me in prison? When did you clothe me? When did you feed me when Matthew I was 25. hungry? You know, yeah. so. So that's the whole point of this is Jesus is here to forgive sins. Right. Like that's, I heard it said this way, and it's so true. It's not your sins that send you to hell. It's your unforgiven right. sins that will send you to it's he it's came the sin to of forgive. unbelief yeah well, that's it's it. the sin of unbelief it, it's back to the bumper sticker right. uh that uh, <laughs> doesn't god, sin. god doesn't send you to hell he just honors your wishes that's right you know you've chosen that path sins separate us from god the very first one did and everyone sins has separate us from god there's a separation that causes uh us a separation that happens between us and god when we pursue things other than the our divine purpose um, Robbie says that sins are a perversion of pur purpose or a, a missed purpose. Do we have time for that? No, no, you, you're, so you're good. Sin separates us. It has from the very start. And so the next thing he says is what to the, he brings the people, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees in their minds are thinking, who can forgive sins but God? And he says, which is easier uh, to say your sins are forgiven or to say arise, take up your bed and walk? So what's he saying to them there? And, and to be straight up honest, I don't know. <laughs> because that, to me, that begs the question. Because Jesus can do both. Oh, and only he could do and both. And only he can do both. He's asking a question that only he can only really he can answer. answer. Well, this is where I, I'm, I'm saying he's trying to say that forgiveness and healing are the same. Are the same thing. It's whether I say right, right, right. you're healed or you're forgiven, that. it's the same thing. Which is right. easier to say it's the same thing. I'm saying the same thing. You're healed or your, your sins are forgiven, both wipe away the effects of evil. So that's this. Well, and we'll get into this when he talks about being the son of man, <coughs> but this is also showing his manhood and his God, godhood. godhood. Right. So right. in that statement, mm -hmm. he's showing both. But because we have people now that can heal the body. You see it on a daily basis. All we have time. nurses and doctors here at the, ho uh, the hospital. We are a hospital. Uh, for, for spiritual for sinners. that's right yeah. for sinners but anyway we, we have people that see that on a daily basis uh, and and obviously I believe that it's God given God gives them that ability but there are people that can procure healing we don't have anybody but Jesus that can heal sin the, the soul heal the soul and so again what happens he picks up his bed and he walks right on out there immediately if his legs and have I don't know how many of you have been around people that are quadriplegic or paraplegic tend to have like their muscles are Atrophy. withdrawn they're very Atrophy. very you know small they but immediately i feel like he probably grew the muscles and yeah. the everything and just took off walking not like well I, he didn't look like right. bambi trying right. to take his first steps yeah. i mean he just walked maybe he ran it was immediate people it's like a Hulk had, transformation there. yeah mm. people had to be amazed by that especially the scribes and pharisees so if they didn't believe like wow he just read my mind surely they had to believe that guy just got up and walked, and well, and he's done it in segments. You know, like like he said, he did an eye, right. he did a hand, right. he done. Now he's done a whole body. 
right. you know, and just like the hand was fully restored, like you're saying, I think the whole body was fully restored. I, uh, when I went through my experience of the wreck, in one week, I lost 30 pounds. And you could visibly see, if you looked at those two legs, that the right leg still looked regular and the left leg was emaciated as far as weight. The, the muscle was leaving. And, and, and it took me a while to get that back type thing. Uh, and so I, I, it is. It's just a complete, total miracle. Um, and, and that's what Jesus can do. You know, he, he can completely restore. Now, he doesn't necessarily work that way now physically, you know. Uh, now it's, we have, that's why we have rehabs everywhere. That's why we have insurance and, you know, it's a booming business. Uh, but, but, but he does sometimes spiritually restore completely, totally. I mean, how many alcoholics have we heard say, I've never desired a drop since? Mm -hmm. And then we've had others that, oh, it's a daily struggle. But God's grace has brought me through it, you know, and such right. of that nature. All right, so we'll stop there for now. Um, so we do, I'm just saying. Anybody got a good I'm just saying tonight? Well, I got to say this. Randy uh, just texted in about my leg situation. Needed more chicken wings. You're, you're right, Randy. <laughs> Needed more raisin canes, as I'll say that. Oh, All right, I'm just saying. It was dirty wings, wasn't it? It, it was, was dirty, dirty wings. wings. <laughs> and it was a dirty trick to dawn. <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, best catfish men's trip ever. We had our men's fishing trip last weekend. No trips to the urgent care? No trips to the urgent care. Hallelujah. It is a miracle. Land. We we did uh, have the trot line come loose of one of the, you know, moorings uh, while we had a fish on. That was a little stressful. Uh, but we got through that and had, had a great time with my son, had a great time with uh, the men of the church. Just, just a good time. Sunshine the whole time. Oh, Lord, no. It was terrible <laughs> weather. But, man, I tell you, I, when the weather got good, the fish quit biting. So... Bring it on. Bring the rain, huh? Yeah, bring it on. Bring your rain gear. And even the deacons worried about you when you were gone because uh, Mr. Steve Reed texted Brad and told him about the size limits. Yeah. And Brad's like, I don't, oh no, I better call Ben. They might have a yeah. boat full. <laughs> yeah, St Steve uh, fishes at Truman. Right. We were at Mark Twain, so it, Mark Twain doesn't have those. Right. I checked it though. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it it's cast, a free for all there. Cast a doubt so in my mind. Yeah, because we were just picturing the pastor getting arrested. Getting arrested. The boat full of illegal fish. I've always teased <laughs> and joked. Those are the headlines that people look for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Preacher caught with too many fish. Yeah. <laughs> say they're from Jesus. Yeah, he just multiplied. Say, he said to put my nets down that's over a, here. <laughs> he just prayed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't so. advise that. Right. Uh, Brad, were you able to get mine? This is mine, I'm just saying. Rhino poacher gets <laughs> trampled by elephants and eaten by lions at National Park in South Africa. Huh. And to stay a Christian, I'm just saying. I'll let you uh, make up your own mind on that one. So, What I want to know is did the rhino, wait, let's see. He was eaten by lions. Before the lion ate, did he sit down and say, Lord, I thank you for the food that you have prepared? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's Ooh, just boy. one of those humbling ones that, you know, what goes around comes around. God the circle of life right God there. declares himself in all creation. <laughs> so right. instant right. judgment. Well, mine would be the fishing trip. The National Weather Service should really get together and study what phenomenon happens around you guys getting every together time we causing go. the rain. To, every time we I'm go. I'm just saying rains. they need to check that out. And when we drive back, it's the most beautiful day you've ever seen. <laughs> the driving weather. It's driving weather. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but uh, sorry, I, I mean, the first... 
Eight years I struggled with it, <laughs> but now it's just you know. Embrace it. I'm gonna have good a beautiful day to drive home. Yeah. Just take good rain gear. All right, so we'll move on to our next topic. This was a little bit of a carryover. Uh, we were talking about a few weeks ago the song "The Days of Elijah," and I will not read through the article, but the person that wrote the song gave a very extensive explanation extensive. for where the song came from, and even said he's had more people ask him what's up with the song essentially than any he's written many songs and this is the one that um he gets the, i guess the most questions about enough so that he wrote like a whole long article about it um but one of the things that we didn't get to talk about was uh zion just the word what when you you hear it in songs um we are marching to zion um out of zion's hill salvation comes well, there's churches that are named something with zion in Mount the name zion and Saint yeah of course so what is the meaning, when you hear the word Zion, what are we talking about? So in the Old Testament, it is just simply a designation for Jerusalem or the city of David, which of course is, is Jerusalem. And so uh, it, it, I guess you could say Jerusalem is the geographical designation of the geographical location. Zion is the spiritual designation of the geographical designation and so uh, for the Jews to speak of Jerusalem they're talking about the physical place when they talk about Zion they're talking about all the spiritual meaning that goes in with the city of David so not necessarily the physical place on the map correct. but the spiritual significance of that area correct okay and correct. it being the the property the sole property of the nation of Israel um, also goes with that because Zionist became someone who uh, was working towards a true Israel in the Palestinian land. Um, it belongs to God. Yeah. Right. It's God's, um, and, and it belongs to us because we're God's chosen people. Winston Churchill considered himself a Zionist, and it became a, a um, derogatory term in the world um, as oh, well. That if you're a Zionist, you're a uh, bigot, essentially, yeah. is what the, they're trying to say. But um, anybody who believes that that uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, belongs to the Jews is a, is Potentially, uh, well, if you are, you are a Zionist. We're, we're, yeah, we're Zionists, and we are Zionists in that respect. Belongs, uh, belongs to Israel. You know, <clears throat> I, have a, I have a very wonderful uh, Arab brother that disagrees with me on this point, and, and that's okay. But I was taught this way as a child. I haven't found any biblical reason not to continue to believe it, that when God says, I will bless those that bless Israel, I will curse those that curse Israel. I still believe that's still true. Yeah, I believe it's still and true. I, and I can't tell you if it's coincidence or not, and I haven't followed this for a number of years, but there is um, a woman that produced, it was almost like a timeline of tragic events that have happened in line with decisions that governments have made against Israel. Have you heard? Am I the only oh, yeah. one that's yeah, heard Yeah, well, this? back, I first heard it when Katrina hit. It was hurricane, that was Hurricane yeah. Katrina. Yeah, yeah. we had because made some decisions. President Obama led us to to basically well, less support Israel than we had. I can't even remember now what the actual decision was, but he he either supported a UN thing or something. But he, he basically weakened our ties with Israel, and then the next year, boom, you know, Katrina hit, type thing, uh, or within months. But, um, I, and you know, and I think those are interesting things I'd hesitate to say. Right. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, because that's God. would that not basically be saying that, you know, 
kind of like what did the parents do to cause this yeah, child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a, some level. It's not a pay to play. That's like the preachers that say if if you do right. this, God's gonna bless your finances. You right. know, so that that is a eggshell. Just topic. Uh, I don't think it was Katrina though. I yeah. think it was in Katrina under Bush. Yeah, what, Katrina, Katrina happened Bush, around. Oh, but it was the one with that hit Bush's the East administration. You're right. I guess when get my hurricanes mixed up. Yeah. The one that hit the East Coast, I think, maybe is the one that yeah, she's talking the about. One, uh, the one, like the New Jersey. Mm -hmm. that you one. know what, though? I'm thinking that Bush did do something that was considered less than supportive well, of Bush. And, I can't And then the way that I look at it is not necessarily a God will smite you for these decisions, but God will lift his hand. Of protection off of, and blessing. Yeah, oh, protection yeah. and blessing. And that's, I think, a lot easier for people to understand that the wave will come in and get you right. and God pulls his hand away. Yeah. Because I, I believe that there was, they also tried to make the tie, and, and you know, you, we're completely into supposition at this point, but uh, to 9-11, uh, 2001, uh, and that was Bush time, right? Yes. Uh, that, that again, so, something was done that lessened the strength of the tithes between America, and, and then boom, that happened. So, I mean, it, there's a list out there. I'm sure you could Google it and come up with it. And it could be coincidence. Yeah, right. Or maybe right. not. <laughs> but, but, but I actually absolutely believe that. I mean, well, look what's happening now with our economy. And our strong alliance Very now. few presidents and uh, administrations have supported Israel like this Trump present has, yeah. administration is. And wow. You know, you, you look. And guys, I don't know what you yourself are experiencing and seeing. I can tell you, as I move about and go about, and when I talk to somebody, excuse me, that's in business, I ask them. I have for the last two years, how's business? And they just look at me, and their eyes get big. I can't keep up. I can't keep yeah. up. This yeah. economy is oh, just oh, the construction industry right yeah. now is booming, <laughs> booming like. Well, we built a house last year. Every literally, I told my husband, you know what we need to do? Anything from putting a hole in the ground to putting the roof on the house is what we need to be into because everyone <laughs> you called, I'm buried up in work. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't get to you for months. I can't find enough help. Yes. Uh, you know, just in busy, busy. Veterinary busy. business the same way. We've the last two years have been very busy, and the problem is finding people to work. It's fi finding, uh, and not I'm not mean that in a derogatory. Finding anybody available, they've got, they've got got work, work yeah. and they've got a good job, a good paying job. It's and hard to find employees, and right? And then comes the test, though. Pride comes before the fall. Oh, no mm -hmm. doubt. You know, Amen. and things are great, and everybody don't yeah. think about Jesus right. when your bank account's that, full and your car's That's exactly right. Prosperity is, we've never, Big as test. Americans, yeah. never is a long time. In the last 60 years, we have not passed the test of prosperity. I, right. I agree with that totally. All right. Well, that Zion topic took a yeah. way yeah. left <laughs> turn, but essentially you answered it. Thank you. Yeah. It's synonymous with Jerusalem. All right. Um, so we're going to try something new, and uh, instead of our usual would you rather, we're going to do tweet it or delete it. We're going to try it anyway. So, Ben, this is your baby. We'll let you bat first. Yeah, do so any of us have a Twitter account? No. Oh, I've never, no, you I've never <laughs> tweeted anything. I'd, I'd have been fired so many times. <laughs> I hardly even look at Facebook. What? What? And just, you know, <laughs> uh, that's why I, I tell people. And, and you know, I, I'm softening. I'm softening. I may someday get on Facebook, but uh, I just, I know me. Same reason I don't conceal and care. I'm not trying to scare anybody, and I support it with everything I have. He just puts it on everybody else yeah. in the church. I want, <laughs> I want you to conceal and carry 
so that if somebody attacks me, you can shoot them, okay? <laughs> if I can seal and carry, family members are in danger. <laughs> if I have a Facebook account, whew, step my job one. is in danger. I always say, step one, know your limitations. That's right. Well, I just yeah. have to let my wife keep my phone. <laughs> because my first reaction is hardly ever spiritual, mm. you know? Uh, I know that may shock some of you, but I, I God has to work with me, and God has to, you know, pet me and calm me down and you know okay son it's all right just hang on so with all that said uh this is something every time that i have heard uh and and i don't we didn't mean for this but this has been a pretty highly political uh whatever this is brh bethel radio hour my tweet would be statistically so starting with that word statistically best president ever that would be my so would so would, would you, you guys tweet, tweet it or that delete it? Or yeah, we decide. We tweet it. If I had you, a you tweet it. Tweet. Uh. <laughs> Don't be afraid to say delete it. No, I mean I I agree with it. Sure. I do. I agree with. It. I guess I would tweet it um, because it's hard to it's it's hard to beat the numbers. Statistically, well, because statistically, statistically you're right. I like it. I would delete it. Yeah. Because people are blinded by hate. Oh no doubt. And it and you know yeah. when you do something like that there's going to be a backlash. And I've just, I have just learned that I would rather not, and I would right. tweet something like, Jesus, best God ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, Amen, I'll, I'll fight him on that, but I don't <laughs> want to get in the muddy waters of right. politics. I'm with you. Amen. I know what I would tweet. Okay, here's my tweet it or delete it. Uh, my God is kind of a big deal. There you go. If oh, you're going to say put it on a T-shirt. I would definitely, I would put, I would definitely tweet that. My God is kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Well, I, I just feel in line with the topic that's coming up, I think, uh, and I, I guess I was just thinking that way, but socialism, because everyone does better when someone else is paying your bills at first. <laughs> at first. <laughs> now, I would tweet until there's, <laughs> until there's a civil war. <laughs> yeah, uh, give me back my stuff. So, so, that's right. so I did three quick ones. So it's like my first one was uh, lettuce in place of bread is actually good. Oh, totally tweet that. Tweet. Uh, tweet. Just don't crunch more. I have to delete that. You I do love that. bread, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the crunch. It's I know. like, I really Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I don't bacon. Know. I would consider bacon instead of bread. <laughs> bacon in lettuce. That does have it's a just, crunch. There you go. It did. Potato it chips. So that was my first one. The second one was all snakes belong to the devil. <laughs> tweet. Well, hey, that's biblical. Like, I agree with all of tweet. these. That is true. Tweet it. And maybe later I will share with the Bethel audience that I had a failure. Uh, had a five-foot-long black snake climb out of my old truck onto my feet at night. As he was driving. As I was driving it. So he meant I to had, say, shoo. So <laughs> I asked Jesus to forgive me of some words, and my wife was right next to me. And the first thing she thought was, by my reaction, either the truck is on fire or there's a snake in the truck. So she knows me very well. So, so. Tom sent us that. He goes, well, I, I, fell, out, I fell off on the no-cussing thing. but And I sent him a meme of, uh, Indiana Jones yeah. in a pit that says, why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> yeah, that was it. So that was my second one. So I tweet that. My third one was, and we're teaching the children right now, but apologetics. What a terrible word for defending your faith. Yeah. Apologetics. Yeah. The it's first like thing you're I'm apologizing. Sorry. Yes. I know. Yes. Why I'm is sorry. that? So, so and you can research and correct me next week. That the only reason that that's the word is because it comes from you know whether it's Italian or something. In other words, it it's not the word's fault. You right. see what I'm saying? Right. You know, it's some guy did. It's the Greek. That's there you go. Yep. Uh, uh, apologeto or something. You know, 
and uh, it just simply means to, to defend. Right. But yeah, yeah, what a terrible word yeah. for defending your faith. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I'd tweet that too. All right. So our third and final topic for the night, which is a good one. Uh, actually, Ben, I'm going to let you set it up because sure. you do a much better job than me. So. I doubt that. Uh, so basically, uh, don't get sidetracked by the introduction. The introduction basically is based on two articles that uh, I was exposed to this week. Uh, the one article was on socialism and that there is a book that is making the circles, if you, it has for years, in public schools and the such, uh, the, the shiny red fish or something along that line. And rainbow fish. Rainbow, rainbow fish, fish, there you yeah. go. And the rainbow fish is the most beautiful fish in the, has any, have you read it, Randy? All right. You didn't write it, did you? <laughs> that shiny red fish. Yeah. It was the, the big red carp. He crossed that with the little red hen, I think. Yeah, I did. And he was thinking of Swedish the, fish. Because that's the next that's book. Saying. Swedish fish are good, They're though. Delicious. In his defense. So the rainbow fish is beautiful. And uh, an ugly fish asks for one of its scales. And it says, thanks, but no thanks. And, but then all of the community fish shun it because it's not sharing. So he gets sad, and he goes to the wise octopus, and the octopus says, you need to really consider sharing essentially your wealth. So the rest of the book is he gives a scale to everybody, and at the end of the book, he's got one red scale, and everybody else has one red scale, and everybody feels great. Socialism. Whether the author was going for that or not, who knows? And I would not impugn his character. Technically, wouldn't the rainbow fish be dead? Well, well, well no I was going to say left? they would all be ugly with one shiny <laughs> This is a childlike Sorry. imagination Sorry. game. Is this a public you, school book? Too, too much reality there. You can't apply your veterinarian medicine to this, okay? <laughs> now, uh, Although technically, he's right. He is absolutely yeah. right. Uh, yeah, it's dismemberment. So anyway, um, the article was about that uh, we need to lovingly fight back, and the best book to do that is The Little Red Hen, who, uh, through her industry in the barnyard, collects everything she needs to make bread. And she asks all of her barnyard friends to help, and they refuse, they're lazy, and such of that nature. And when she makes the bread, guess what they do? They all well, line everybody up wants the bread. to eat. Supper. Bread is good. And she loves them enough, if you will, to teach them a lesson and say, nope. Oh, the bread's for me. But you can participate next time I make bread, and I'll give you some then. So she's teaching capitalism, if you will. And uh, so that's one article. The next article was a, a horrific article of a young man that saw on social media about how when you apply your hands to your neck in a certain oh, way. Oh, the, the choking game. The choking game. Which has been around for a been while. Been around for a right. long time. But it, it, it can so lead to euphoric experience so millennials and tide pods it's not a new thing kids have done stupid things correct for a from long social time. media right so that brings us to this topic how do you talk to your kids about this stuff that they're being exposed to because they are being exposed to socialism very gently and, and innocently because oh, it sounds good everybody yeah. just share yeah, everything right. you have and then you know you don't have everybody's to. happy what's yeah. wrong with the little on the edge fun let's choke ourselves for yeah, right Let's see the Tide Pod. Let's and, uh, and let's be the first one in the school that says that they they did it, you know, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So and it was awesome. Right, right. 
because some kids have had a euphoric experience from that, and they're fine, you know. Uh, but some kids have lost their life over it. And, and so I basically just wanted to ask you guys, what are you doing now? What have you done? Or how have you failed <laughs> in this area uh, of approach? Because we've got all stages here. You know, you've got super young, if you will, compared to ours. Uh, ours are mostly out of the house or almost out of the house. You, you're right in the middle. I know. It's so scary. And we talk about this in our small group. Shameless plug for our small group. It, it's such a great time to just share parenting wins and fails and just uh, we're all in it together. And uh, so this group. is so, yeah, essentially, it's so hard. Uh, give me walking two miles uphill both ways in the snow without shoes on any day compared to <laughs> social media and your children. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I didn't have this when I was in high school. Amen. Looking back, I, I, oh my gosh, it was hard enough, much less all the pressures of social media and what's coming at you. And, and it's so easy, like you said, to slip in messages like, uh, I can't, oh my goodness, like Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel. And there's all these like little messages that they're sending. And I can see it as a parent already like turn that show off we don't watch that we like we're down to like basically nothing our kids can hardly watch you can can't even watch espn like you can watch a cardinal game but turn it off during the commercials uh it's just it's so hard because the messages are everywhere i guess my thought is um with my parents i don't know if so much was taught as it was caught and uh i don't know that my parents were really teaching me all these things, like spending, and I know they weren't, like trying to teach, teach, teach as much as it was just observation. And, and I think that's big. Somewhere along the line, a lot of, I found myself saying, oh my gosh, I'm turning into my dad. Oh my gosh, I've turned into my dad. Oh my gosh, I, you know. It, like that insurance commercial. I was just yeah. going to say, that's progressive. <laughs> I, I am. That's their I, and it has angle totally, right now. It's happened. And it's equipped me well. And I didn't like it at the time, but it's yeah. equipped me well. And so I have found that a lot of I line up with the things that matter, um, spiritual beliefs and um, political beliefs and the things that matter most I have lined up with my father. Not that he was spending a great amount of time just actively teaching me and worried about my psychosocial development. And I mean, they're just trying to feed us and put us in clothes. I mean, frankly, that's the truth. Um, it's a lot harder to parent now. you learn now. a lot from that. You catch a lot from that work ethic, integrity. We can't uh, afford that. Yeah. Right, saying no to oh. yourself. What? Yeah. yeah, you talk about learning capitalism at a young age. Having parents that just flat out said, uh, nope, yeah. figure it out for yourself. Boy, you learn a lot about hard work in that moment where when you're not given anything and you figure out you have to work really hard for everything. Uh, and so when the world comes at me with social... <clears throat> I about laugh at it like, no, I'm giving enough of my money away to taxes. Amen. We're not doing any more. Now, right. I believe in charity. No doubt. But I don't believe in the <clears throat> depths that they're wanting to push us Socialism into. robs you of the freedom of giving of your own free will in love. Socialism robs you of that. So uh, you constantly have to formulate apologetic questions when you come across things. And my kids feel it coming. So we were sitting in the Assassin's Creed movie. It's reminded me of the, this movie. That's a great movie. And they, came, they, they okay. mentioned the Assassin's Creed. And my, I, could, I, could I could feel Caleb tense up like, when oh. they said the guy, <laughs> here comes a, a lecture going. from Dad. Here comes an apologetic <laughs> discussion from Dad. The Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed says, nothing is true 
everything is permitted. That's the Assassin's Creed. He's like, here we go. Oh, Dad's All I just go. wanted yeah, to watch a movie. Car. That's not the Christian worldview. He's like, son, what, what was wrong with that? What was wrong with that statement? We've, we've been working on this for a while. The self-defeating statements, you really need to work, work on recognizing those. What's wrong with that statement? It says nothing is true except for that statement. <laughs> so is it true? There is something true. It makes no sense. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. So is the that statement true? Is the statement yeah. true? Then something is true. So, you know, have these apologetic wait a minute, wait a minute. questions. Assassin's Creed's not right? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No, it is not. <laughs> it's an excuse to do whatever you want to do. Okay, I got you. So, so have these, uh, formulate these questions and take yeah. some time to formulate the question to your child and let them think it through. I, I think that's a perfect way. Some of these things they get exposed to without your supervision is what can do the damage mm -hmm. when you're not present and they, they get exposed to the things that they buy into that they don't have any guidance on. A generation of kids are uninfluenced by moral um, foundations, by moral moorings. They're un unaffected by them and they, they take these creeds and they run with them. So stuff like this, not necessarily that one. But. Uh, just being involved with your children, for uh, one. You know, yeah. there's there was a generation of put them in the room and on the TV. You know, mm -hmm. I got a nephew. I was that generation <laughs> to know, some extent, down. I won't lie. You know, uh, I don't have social media in my home other than these phones, and we right. are very closely guarded to them. We don't have cable. We don't have internet. I still don't have a computer. You know, and some people be like, oh, you can live without it. You can live, oh, no absolutely doubt. live without it, and some people can't turn it off. Um, yeah, watch what they watch. You know, there's subtleties. You know, there was old... Uh, you know, Mickey Mouse cartoons with Daffy Duck with the Illuminati and stuff. There's always been little things placed in. There's um, Nature Cat. This is a PBS thing that the Aww, kids love watching. I love Nature Cat. You're yeah. not going to knock Nature Cat, are Nature you? Nature Cat doesn't <laughs> believe. He believes in the Big Bang. They yeah, say it yeah. all the time. You know, but uh, we have an understanding with our children. When I hear something like that, they'll usually say something to me. Sure. Um, you know, and just like you said, the TV, we talked a couple years ago um, with the Olympics, with uh the two figure skater, the one was homosexual male that dressed like a woman all the time. That's not on in my home, right. you know? And, and so when my children ask me questions, why don't we do this? I will be honest with them. Um, and we homeschool. You know, we made the decision, and it's, it's been one of the greatest things. We are blessed to be able to. Sure. Not everybody can. But I think um, to teach your children a curriculum that uh, you choose, not the government right. chooses, I think is a wonderful thing, and it, it can be done. You bet. Absolutely. We have many people. There's some in here tonight that my wife just looks at them. They homeschooled five or six kids, right. and they are some of the greatest kids. And uh, don't be afraid of what the world says to you about that. Sure. Oh, your kids are going to be weird. I say, yeah, because there's no weird kids in public school. <laughs> you know? And, and it's changed. So right. just over the past 50 years, you know, what is old is new again. Right. And so just, just be involved with your children and not be afraid. There's no substitute for that. No, no T-I-M-E. So let me say this about what Tara said earlier. If, if you tell me that I've got to choose between an example or a well-explained worldview, then I'm going to take the example every time. So in other words, you might be able to say, I can't ever remember Dad setting me down and telling me this is what a work ethic is. But I saw it with my eyes, and when I went to college, I knew what I had to do 
because I saw it lived out in my mind. Oh, then. yeah. You see well, what I'm saying? And, I mean, I'll be honest. My parents went through a, a really rough time where they had lost their family business. And, I mean, it was bad. And by all accounts, they should have been on every available social aid. And they refused. Uh, to I mean, to the point where we never had health insurance There's a huge up. example. Yeah, yeah, we never. And, I mean, they, they nope. And Is I'm that not when your saying dad went there's into real estate? uh yeah cuz I remember that. And uh and that was a, a rough time and I'm not saying when the time comes you shouldn't they by all means should could have and certainly needed the help and we for sure needed insurance. But I'm just saying that was something that we're like no we're, we're going to um we're going to figure this out. And you can just point straight to the Bible. The Bible says you should work. You should right. not get something for free. That's right. It says it in the Bible. So yeah. if you believe in these absolute truths, it tells you you need to work for it. He yeah. tells Adam, you're going to work by the sweat of your brow, you know, so you can take it all the way back to the very beginning. So, yeah, being in, work, this is a, a Christian podcast. Right. You know, we are Christians. Right. So I think from the beginning, God has said you were going to work. Yeah. So if someone's listening to this and they don't know exactly what we're trying to say, let's be very blunt and clear. We're not against government assistance. No, not by any For those term. that need it and such of that nature. We are against someone abusing government assistance in place of work because right. God blesses work. And, and I, I just guarantee you he'll bless it every time. Now, so if I have to choose between one or the other, I'll take the example every time. But I do believe that the best parenting model is to do both, is to, right. to you know, live the example. But sit down. You know, it's spelled out in Deuteronomy 6. As you rise up, as mm -hmm. you walk by the way, as you lie down, you teach your children all the things God expects you to teach them. Yeah. Um, like with the charity. And I have also taught my children, don't be ashamed to accept something from somebody. Because I was always, I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to work. And I've had people bless me, like, here, we've noticed your work. Sure. Thank you. And they will like hand like a gift card or something. I'll be like, no, 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 no. Right. And they say, don't rob me of a blessing. That's right. You know, my daughter watched my dad's dog the other day. And he handed her six bucks. And I think she's seen me not, and she's like, no, 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 no. And I stopped her and said, baby, you worked. He's trying to give That's you right. something. That's you right. know, so yeah, it's a healthy balance. You bet. So something, uh, talk about awkward is awesome. In parenting, I have found that I have just laid it on the line in a way that has been, I think, even shocking to my kids, even to myself, and even to my husband when it's come out of my mouth, like the depths of honesty I'll have with my kids, 14-year-old boys. And we'll talk about the phones. And I'm like, there's a reason we monitor your phone. And there's, a and I mean, we just, we dove right into pornography. And you could tell Tristan was just like, oh, gosh. This is so get me out of here, This is the talk. Oh, no, make it stop. But I just told them, there's so much danger. I enjoy and that yeah. so Oh, much, boy. Man. And just, and I've told them, we discuss alcohol. We've talked about drugs. We've talked about sex. We've talked about pornography. And I've told them very specifically, I pray for you. Almost every day, both of you boys, that God will protect you from addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol, addiction to pornography, and that he will prepare for you a Christian mate. And I've just told them, like, laid it on the line. This is what I'm praying for you. And it reminds me, when we were growing up, it had the big drug campaign, Parents the Anti-Drug. Um, it, it's Parents the Anti-Everything. Like, it, that's you have to be aware and i think uh something i refused to do is my parents thought we were incapable of doing anything wrong 
they thought we were perfect. And then, not my kids. My kids wouldn't do that. And I've said repeatedly, I will not be the parent that assumes that my children are not capable of major, major wrong. So I've just kind of dove into, yep, here we go. We're not going to shy away from it. We're going we're gonna to talk about it whenever in the car or whenever it comes up, usually when I have them captive and they can't get out, this is well, when well, it... Some people say that's the best place, so the they, best they can look place. away and... Absolutely. <laughs> and the things that you don't think they understand, but they hear, like, there's so many songs with suggestive lyrics. Oh, it's Lordy. a great, catchy tune. And when I started realizing my kids are singing it, they don't realize it, what they're saying, but I was like, click, Dad, we love that song. It was inappropriate. Right. You know, and, and we don't even go into depth on why it's inappropriate because my children are still young. But that's why, yeah, in all things, you know, 99-1, you can't go wrong. Right. So we're going to have to close here in a minute, so, but let me just throw out some ideas. Uh, these are, and, and I would say this is probably 14 and up, this, this, these particular ideas. Do you know what our economic system is built on? How many 14-year-olds can answer that question? They need to be able to answer that question. Do you know what the current presidential candidates are pushing for? They need to know that. What are your opinions about their opinions? Oh, I can already hear Jordan. He's like, Mom, we're going to have to talk about something political, do we? You Gosh. bet. You bet. <laughs> what are your friends and teachers saying about these things? I want to know. Do you know what I think about these things? Well, you know that's going to be an automatic turnoff, but you've you, you got you to make them listen. Right. Now, I've got me and Tony had a conversation along these lines today on the way back from school. Now, Tony's got this little default. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When he gets into that, I know he's checked, checked out. out. Checked out. So every time he does it, I've got my spiel. Stop it. What? You're not listening to me. Right. You're just saying, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm, <laughs> listen, I'm listening to it. What did I say? Uh, you know, type thing. Now, today, he actually was able to answer it. Uh, do you, uh, would you like to know, uh, and because I think it's important to ask the question, may I share with you what I believe is the best approach in these areas? Are you aware of some of the dangerous activities that some social media users are encouraging their viewers to try? What's your passcode? Oh, because you, yeah. you got to know Heaven forbid, if you they have a, it. you will see me lose my mind if I see a passcode on their phone. I'm like, I'll just take it. Like, right. your phone is mine now because try and hide something. <laughs> well, we just found out the other day, and it felt like a failure, um, was my apparently my daughter was playing uh, hide-and-go-seek around the church a couple weeks ago, and she broke a window. It took, like, two Maybe you didn't even know about it. I didn't know about it. <laughs> and and she come up to me, and she started crying, you know, and, I, and she's like, are you mad? And I'm like, I just don't understand why you didn't tell me in the right. beginning. Where have I failed that you're afraid to talk to me? Have I ever, when, when my son busted the cup in the upper room for the Easter walk, he came straight to me. Now he was shaking. Right, right. But I said, you're not in trouble as right. long as you talk to That's me. That's right. But it's, Amen. you can't stress enough the importance of knowing what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. What you, they're you in. Cultivating yeah. a trusting relationship like That's Thomas talking. Right. You got to cultivate that. It doesn't happen naturally. And, and every, every reason that you can come up with as a parent as to why you wouldn't, quote unquote, impose upon their privacy, will that answer matter when you're standing next to their castle. Oh, no, it won't. Yeah. It won't. So, so go ahead and look in the drawers. In the courtroom. Yeah, look, oh yeah. Look, look in the drawers. Check, check. Look, look through their duffel bag. Check Tristan, it out. Yeah, Tristan has said repeatedly, Mom doesn't trust us. And I go, correct. <laughs> yeah, <amen. laughs> well, hey, and, and I, I know that the bell rang. 
Surround yourself with friends that aren't afraid to tell you if they catch your children mm-hmm. doing something. Oh, no doubt. Amen. Amen. We have kind of a pact amongst us here. That, that's yep. right. At Bethel. We do that every Mother's Day, which is this Sunday. Uh, amen. Love you guys. Amen. See you Sunday. Thanks, everybody.